You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Strength. Hello my radio friends. Welcome to today's Give Me the Bible program. And I'm so glad you've joined me. Do you know who is the world's strongest person? Well, to determine who the strongest person is, each year a strongman contest is held known as World's Strongest Man, where contestants are required to participate in 20 different events ranging from lifting extremely heavy objects, including the round atlas stones weighing up to 159 kilograms, onto a platform. They also pull vehicles, including things such as trains, trams, trucks or planes, carrying heavy, heavy weights, throwing logs and kegs, carrying the shell of a car over a set distance, and in other cases, carrying weights up a set of stairs. The winner is the one who finishes in the quickest time over the longest distance. Of course, there may be some stronger people who have never entered the strongman contest. And the Bible mentions some very physically strong people, including Goliath, a giant Philistine soldier who challenged any Israelite soldier in a one-to-one battle. His size and appearance struck fear into the Israelites, although he was killed by David, a shepherd boy, using only a sling and a stone. Goliath was about three metres tall. His armour weighed about 60 kilograms, and the head of his spear weighed a whopping seven kilograms. Samson was another extremely strong man. His strength was superhuman. And you can read about this man in the Old Testament book Judges, chapters 13 to 16. Some of Samson's feats of strength were, number one, on one occasion he caught 300 foxes tied their tails together with a firebrand between them and let them go in the ripening cereal crops the Philistine overlords had planted in Israelite soil. Of course, the dry stalks caught fire, ruining the crops. Number two, he snapped two new ropes with which he was tied up as if they were mere straw. Number three, He killed a thousand Philistine men with the jawbone of a donkey. Number four, he ripped off the heavy wooden gates with their gate posts and hinges of the city of Gaza and carried them to the top of a nearby hill. Number five, just before he died, he pushed against two of the main supporting stone columns of the temple to the Philistine god Dagon, causing them to break. As a consequence, the temple collapsed and many people, about 3,000 of them, died, 
including all the officials and Philistine leaders and Samson himself. I regard Samson as the weak, strong man. Then there are people like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who though not noticeably physically strong, had strong characters and firm principles. These men were able to cope with psychological, social and spiritual pressures to the point where they defied the then world's most powerful king, Nebuchadnezzar. The king himself, because of their stand to do what they knew was right, recognised the value of these men who stood firm for principle. He promoted them to higher positions in his service. Another such man was Daniel, who was a high official of kings in two dynasties, that being the Babylonian and Medo-Persian dynasties. Daniel was a God-fearing man who chose to do what was right. Although he served under several kings, he served the Lord to the best of his ability. He was honest and faithful and serves as an example to people of all time. This famous hymn, attributed to Paul Bliss, admonishes people to be faithful to Jesus as Daniel was to God. Here are those inspiring words. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. Standing by a purpose true. Heeding God's command. Honour them the faithful few. All hail to Daniel's band. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. Many mighty men are lost. Daring not to stand. Who for God had been a host. By joining Daniel's band. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Many giants, great and tall, stalking through the land, headlong to the earth would fall if met by Daniel's band. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. You know, I have the utmost admiration for such people as Daniel. They are role models for all of us. And the world needs more Daniels. The Apostle Paul was a champion for the Lord. He was beaten, whipped, stoned, evicted, imprisoned, threatened, shipwrecked and went through many hardships because he felt a responsibility and the privilege to serve God. 
yet within himself Paul had struggles. And he explains about this in Romans chapter 7 and verses 18 to 20. And this is what he says. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not good. Uh, What I do, no, the evil I do not want to do, but this is I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. And then Paul explains that he has a desire to do what God's law says we are to do. But he recognises that there was a war going on within himself between his natural propensity to sin and the desire to be pure and righteous. And in exasperation, Paul exclaimed in Romans 7.24, Oh, what a wretched man that I am! And then he cries out, Who will rescue me from this body of death? But then he answers his own question, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Despite the spiritually strong, morally strong people mentioned in the Bible, this great man, Paul, had his personal struggles. And if you're anything like me, you have your struggles too. We know the high calling that we are called to, to be perfect even as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Yet often we're aware of our failures and feel disappointed in ourselves. And I think you know what I'm talking about. But there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus. Jesus never failed. Jesus never sinned. Jesus gives us the strength we need. Now, I want to go back to the Apostle Paul, who, despite his heroic ministry in bringing thousands of people to Christ, had a real personal concern. He had some problem that really bothered him. He called it a thorn in the flesh. We're not told what the problem was, but Paul wanted it gone. He felt that it hindered him from being more effective. And he writes about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, and here's what he wrote. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, For Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, 
in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul had a strong friend. His name is Jesus. My strong man is also Jesus, and you can have him as your strong man too. When you feel self-confident, self-sufficient and self-righteous, you're not aware that in reality you're weak and are more likely to buckle under pressure. But when you realise you're weak, then you can call for help from your strong man and he will come to help, to forgive, to encourage and reassure you. And here is his promise. It's found in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. Surely I am with you always, even to the end of the world. You know, Satan is a resourceful bully, causing us to make bad decisions that are not helpful. Fortunately, we have a strong man on our side to help us, but I'll share more about him at the end of today's talk. And in the meantime, we're going to have a little break.
Just before the break, I said this. Satan is a bully. He causes us to make bad decisions and he picks on our weak points. But I'm going to share a story with you now about a bully. And this is a true story. And it was related to me by the victim of the bullying. And his name was Brian. Brian was a bit of a weedy kid. At school, the school bully and his gang would pick on Brian and often when he got home at the end of the day, his clothes would be torn and dirty and or he would be sporting bruises. Brian's parents would ask him what happened, but he never told them the truth, that he was being bullied. Instead, he would say he'd fallen over or bumped into something. One day, as he was walking home from school, A neighbour who lived at the end of the street stopped him and asked if he would like to take boxing lessons. Now this neighbour had heard that Brian was being bashed up at school and decided to help him. And as it turned out, that neighbour had been a professional boxer in the past. He asked Brian to see if his parents would consent to their son taking boxing lessons and they thought that would be a good idea although they still did not know that their son was the victim of ruthless bullying. So the lessons began with Brian being trained how to box. It was all quite secret and only a few people knew about it. As a result of the training, Brian became quite strong and knew how to defend himself. One day, later on, while the children were in class, the main bully who sat a few seats behind Brian, on the pretext of needing to throw a piece of paper in the waste paper basket, walked past Brian with a pen full of ink and smeared ink all over the page Brian was working on. Nothing was said. The bully went back to his seat and sat down, chuckling to himself that he embarrassed his victim without the teacher noticing. All the children in the class were busily working on their lesson and were unaware of what had just happened. Without warning... Brian got up out of his seat, walked back to where the bully was sitting and with all his force and body weight, punched the bully fair and square on the nose. Blood squirted everywhere. The tables had turned. The victim now had the upper hand and the bully became the victim. Brian told me how he was taken to the school principal's office, of how he had to explain the reason for his actions and how his parents were summoned to school. After all the fuss had settled, the bully never, ever dared to tease Brian anymore. You see, Brian had a strong man in his life, the friendly neighbour, the ex-boxer, who taught him how to deal with those who tried to cause him trouble. 
And Satan, the bully, is relentless in his attacks on people who want to serve the Lord. But you know, we have a strong man in our lives, Jesus, the overcomer, who did not submit to Satan's attempts to tempt him to sin. Our strong man, Jesus, was willing to be our substitute so that his victory became our victory. Our fight against the evil one is his fight. Like the ex-boxer in Brian's story, Jesus equips us to deal with the enemy. But more than that, by accepting him as our substitute, as our strong man, what is his becomes ours, that is, his righteousness, his glory, his peace, his home. But you might be thinking, wasn't Jesus murdered by hanging him on a cross? Where's the victory in that? The point is that Jesus lived his whole life while here on earth without giving in to Satan's temptations. Satan was unable to master him. As a result of being mastered by Satan, we have sinned. But Jesus, because he had the victory, becomes our master. And we can, by choosing, have this new master, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the one who prevailed against the devil, you know, all this is something like happened with me when I was a child and had my first day at school. I felt safe because my older brother Ian was in year seven and if I needed help, I could go to him. He was my strong man. Many people through the years have recognised the security of having someone stronger than themselves to depend upon. And here I want to share some Bible verses with you. And the first was written by King David. He wrote, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. That's Psalm 28, 7. There were times when David was an outcast, a fugitive being hunted down by the jealous King Saul. Oftentimes his life was in danger, but he sought refuge with the Lord, and the Lord protected him. It's good to have a strong man in your life. Here's another statement by David about his strong man. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold, and that's found in Psalm 18.2. And here's what the Apostle Paul had to say in Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul recognised God as someone who had unlimited power, and that power is available to him and to us to do his will. 
Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, had a difficult life. And here's what he had to say about his strong man in Jeremiah 32:17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And then the prophet Habakkuk wrote something similar in Habakkuk 3.19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And the last one, Isaiah, one of the messianic prophets, wrote in Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord and go to him for help will have their strength renewed. They will soar like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Those Bible writers and many other people have recognised God as their place of safety, their strong man, their anchor, their rock. My dear radio friends, I find it a privilege to have a strong man in my life. He's the Lord. He will lift you up when you are down. He will help if you ask him. When you are weak and recognise it, turn to him for strength so that you too may be an overcomer through him. God wants you to come to him. He wants the best for you. But you know, God is a gentleman and waits to be asked. He doesn't barge into your life as he respects your power of choice. Ask him. He's there waiting for you to call on his name. Do it, why don't you? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> 